Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission, to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now, whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremover.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremover.com. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Today, guys, we have a legend that I've been trying to book for 16 months. I swear down, I've been relentless in this guy's DMs. We have an absolute wizard that's gone all the way from being a a physio Wolves football club in the Premier League in the EPL to setting up and founding seven years ago a company in the mushroom space that's grown 400% year on year in the last two years alone. Welcome, Julian Mitchell, to your house, your dwelling, your, mate, your sanctuary. I'm looking out the window here thinking, I don't know if we've got time for a podcast. I think we should go out there and play Jurassic Park. We made it, frankly. <laughs> I appreciate your persistence and it wasn't that I wanted to get on because I've been listening to your podcasts and they're, they're amazing. You but, actually um, listen. Is it, are you just being nice? No, there's, as we was talking about before, a few <laughs> jokes in there, a few good lads in there. Yeah dropping some wisdom but um yeah i mean it's easy out here just to sort of get lost in nature a little bit um but it's, it's also fun you just find peace here in stillness yeah. you know being i guess in city environments um actually you're a lot more productive out here little distractions 100%. not that we're out in the in the wilderness we're only you know 15 20 minutes out of byron but um it's, know, it's a phenomenal the, part of the world yeah. it's a phenomenal part of the world this yeah. i mean to have this view and i'll i'll try and film a bit of b-roll so you guys on youtube can see the views but it's just unbelievable. It literally is like looking at Jurassic Park and you just expect some T-Rex to come out the garden. <laughs> like, it's mad, mate. But this this is a long... I, I want to I take it back to you going to England and obviously working in the EPL and obviously as a physio. And How did, how did that all come about, you transitioning out of Australia, going to the UK and getting mm. going, for, going into all that? Yeah, it was, I guess, every childhood dream in Australia for our young boys, like, you know, play sport for an, an elite team in whatever sport that is, football, soccer, Aussie rules, cricket, whatever it is. And so I always had that goal. And I guess early on realizing, Oh, probably not going to make the cut there in that space. And how do I stay within that environment? Because I love that competition and just the energy that comes with, with uh, that sort of elite environment. And so, yeah, I was lucky enough during physio. Um, I worked at an A-league team, Perth Glory, helping out there and, for my 21st, I just sort of, um, you know, instead of having a, a party, I just said to the parents, I just want to go to England, I want to door knock some clubs, do some volunteer work. And I just door knocked from afar, you know, sending emails yeah. and went to Bolton, Sunderland, Wolves. So three random cities in the UK that, you know, it's just sort of trekking to from, from London um, on buses and things and spent a week at each and then two, three years on from that, you know, I really made the point of when I was there to sort of, I guess, add value and show that I'm keen and that I've, you know, I've got some skills in a way. And um, I got a call up, you know, a couple of weeks before I was finishing my last exam saying, we've, you know, got a gig at the Wolves here, do you want to interview? And um, that was amazing and very grateful. I had such a, a great team at the Wolves there and Steve Kemp is now head of medical at the England football team. So, you know, his next path after Wolves was to go there and, 
and John Iger was who was head of sports science is now at the uh, head of England football team as well doing the stuff there so great brains great environment everything you could dream of you know I remember coming and sitting to back to my phone after a game and some of the lads saw it on Sky News from Australia on Sky Sports sorry and it's just like that made it moment you would yeah, think yeah, 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 um, yeah. was there. So that was very lucky, very grateful for that. Yeah, I think I think that's I think it'd be a bit of a difference though. I can't imagine going from Perth Glory because obviously Perth's <laughs> Perth's a very beautiful place, you know. It's, mm. it's you got a good lifestyle over there. And then you, you talk to me about <laughs> your first day you arrive in Wolverhampton. I mean, come on. It's got it's gotta be a bit of a come down, isn't it? I was still buzzing from the job and the role. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. but the 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 town and the West Midlands coming from like you know, always being close to the beach, having sunny weather, yeah. to the winter in you know in uh, the UK where it's like dark by four or three and it's dark at eight a.m. and that wears you down. That's tough, footy. It's, That's it's, tough. There's, there's definitely something to be said for the, that winter in the UK and winters in Europe in general, where the days go, you know, where you lose the light so early and you, it doesn't come out till late. You know, sometimes it can be grey in the morning till nine, ten a.m. in the morning, yeah. and then you, you go in dark at four p.m., three p.m., half three, four p.m. No wonder people are struggling with their mental health mm. and struggling with other stuff because they're not getting enough sunlight. It's huge, it's huge, and I think that explains the the, the humour and the banter in the UK. You need that to keep you going. Have to, you have to keep to. going. You got to be laughing, you know. Otherwise, you're just going to fall into a spiral. Well, it's it's, it's <laughs> England. England for three months a year. If the sun's out for three months a year, when it is out. It's it, it's honestly the countryside and just everything around it and the parties and the festivals. It's one of the best places in the it's world. Beautiful, yeah. It is, and Europe itself is is too. But like like you say, if you for those other six months, mm. you're you're struggling. I remember it being June over there, the off season and you know holidays and sixteen degrees or something like fifteen degrees and overcast. I'm just like, this is crazy. You go back to Perth, twenty two and blue skies, and that's middle of winter in Perth type thing. So that's sort of, I guess that was part of it. The weather was like, well, can I see myself here for ten years, building out my craft as a, you know, because the goal to be head of medical for a, an EPL team or you know working had some good mentors in Formula One, um, and so that was sort of the vision. But I was like, the lifestyle wasn't matching up. So you had, see, so you were thinking about going into Formula One as well. Mm, yeah, I spent some time. Um, with Stuart Smith um, and Adam, who Adam looked after Lewis Hamilton and Stuart looked after Daniel Ricciardo as performance coaches. So I spent a little bit of time with them, chatting with them and um, get, seeing how, how their lives are. And Phenomenal situation, very interesting, but I just for me it didn't match up long-term lifestyle-wise. But, it, but what it allowed you to do, and you probably realise looking back now, is it allowed you to build phenomenal relationships with people so that you could obviously, like, in the future, if you needed to contact these people, you've got the relationship to be able to do it if you mm. want to do business in the future, mm. right? Mm. And just see how high performers behave. Yeah. How Adam goes about his day, how Stuart goes behind his day, how Steve goes behind about his day at Wolves, and, and how all the athletes go behind about their day. That's exactly what business is. Like, business is that, but a marathon. Yeah, you know. So, what were some of the key things that you picked up that that were the the standout the standout things that high performance people w- were all implementing in their lives? I think it's the belief system and the knowing within them. You know, to be in the Premier League, you're the one percent of the one percent. You know, to be to, to the mental uh, attitude you have to have is like, I'm going to win. This is my spot. You know, this is. You know, it's just like so certain and so strong, and of course, there's a lot of ego that comes with that. But you need that ego, actually. You you know, without that ego, you're not going to have that self belief. Yeah. Um. And so, and that, and I guess a lot of the, them come from disrupted family environments as well. So they had a point to prove. 
whether it was because they bummed out of school, they weren't interested in school, whether their family was broken apart, whether they, you know, they got six, seven brothers and sisters that they wanted to try and help live a good life. Like they were coming, that level of motivation was was, it was almost like a have to succeed, you know, to have a better life. Otherwise, it's back to this situation. So there was no plan B for a lot of them. Yeah, um, the the belief system is so strong. Um, but but is it two is key parts? Is yeah. it is it is it kind of one dimensional though? Because on one side of it, I imagine the players and these high performers are like their key drivers to get to this position. But when they're there and they're getting paid all that money, and they're buying all this, they, they start to acquire stuff. A lot of these players start to acquire stuff. Mm. A lot of these high performers, but they find the stuff. There's no happiness in the stuff, so they become depressed. I mean, mm. we were talking about cars before the podcast and certain things because me and you like we just roll around in just normal cars whereas mm. a lot of people that have any form of success in quotation marks they go and buy the fucking g-wagon and they try mm, and mm, make that mm. make this happen did you see that for, for i mean football? the car park was a spectacle you know you got you know young lads early 20s bentleys with camo jobs and all sorts of you know types of styles of cars and as a young lad you look at they go oh, that's you know that's sort of what it's all about in a way um, but then you 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 you're with these guys and you you know because I was young as well as you know go party with them and spend time with them and get to know them and stuff and it, you know that it just didn't doesn't match up as we know it's sort of as cliche as it is and we hear it a million times but it literally doesn't match up to happiness on any level you know and, and to yeah. meaning on any level and because, and it, it's really dangerous for them actually you know it's really dangerous because you get so much money and attention early um, that it causes its own problems. Yeah, how have you? How, obviously, you then came back to Australia, and did you? What kind of made you pursue getting into the mushroom space and 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 being being around that environment? Mm. What kind of what kind of drew you to that? Uh, the journey was okay. Go, you know, live your dream. You know, in the high performance sport, and like you know, love that environment to an extent. But I didn't see my lifestyle matching up, and then so come back to Australia in a bit of a, like a quarter life crisis, if you like. Like shit, you know, that's what I wanted to do my whole life, and now what do I want to do? Worked as a health consultant for a sort of Fortune five hundred company in that sort of corporate space, and you know, very early saw that you know I'm not going to be updating my resume going forward. Like my next thing is going to be you know my own thing because that's a box as well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just looking around and, and understanding that, like most people, if we don't enjoy it, we're not very good at it, you know, so it needs to be something I enjoy, you know, just making money is never going to get you to the point, I think. I mean, there's, I'm sure success stories of people going down that path, but I'm like, I don't want to waste my time making money, but do something I don't like. Okay, that's part of the criteria. Part of the criteria is what's coming up in the future. Um, at that time, CBD was kicking off, um, you know, sort of fake meat burgers and that you know, fake that, meat burgers. You know, those things were kicking <laughs> off as well, and it's like, you know, I had my own opinions on that. You know, that this just wasn't natural and healthy, um, and it was too synthetic. And so I was like, what's natural? What's healthy? What's good for the planet? What do I genuinely want everyone on the planet to be consuming that I think is good based on the science and the literature? You know, um, having a physio degree, able to read literature articles from universities and research, and show that like the research is just so profound for these mushrooms, and yet. 95% of the mushrooms at the moment are coming from Asian countries and it's like we should be growing this in Australia. Um, we should be growing it you know, locally for many reasons. Trust, potency, bioavailability, um, quality, carbon food miles and sustainability. So it's just like 
ticking all the things. It's like, and no one was in this space seven years ago, really. There was a few people tinkering around, but no one like you no know, one had committed owning to it, it yeah. um, in that space. Um, and so I thought, yeah, Ryan and I at the time, um, initial co-founders thought, yeah, let's kick off into this area. And so we left our corporate jobs and went all in on that. When you go all in on something that's obviously quite new, a new market, an untapped field in, in, in Australia at the time, and obviously you're worldwide now and massive in America and stuff like that, but when you go into something like that, what? how do you, how do you kind of do you fund it? the development of something new like that must cost thousands and thousands of dollars? How are you bankrolling all that kind of mm. stuff in the early days? I mean, it was bootstrapping, for sure, bootstrapping early um, because we had our corporate jobs. We you know had good good income there that we were sort of funneling in before we left and then when we left we had good savings there as well and then um you know early investment um early revenue as well just cash flow you know cash flow very early we were selling before we were selling extracts um we were selling fresh mushrooms to restaurants to all the high-end restaurants in perth and wa so that was you know cash flow um and then investment and then you know the e-commerce boom as well. Obviously, made you know early on helped with um, cash flow because you could be selling stuff online and scaling that. So was that like equivalent then to my, when you're selling mushrooms? Was that the equivalent to like this like micro farming that they talk about? In a way, yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah. We, I mean, that was the initial story for us. Was you know mushrooms from coffee waste to you know to help feed the planet and no pesticides, no you know uh, landfill, no land clearing of deforestation. All of those things, it was ticking, and so we were growing fresh mushrooms, pick harvest, take to high-end restaurants, sell a few hundred kilos a week. That got us going because they had a good price point. Um, and then from there, transitioning in, had and build out the team. You know, the um, mentors, chairman, business partners. Um, you know, chief scientist from Paris came over, um, who just reached out to us, and so that's where we were able to really level up in terms of the the biotechnology you know, becoming a biotechnology company. So we're not a marketing company that buys an ingredient from, you know, a, a foreign country and then repackages it and then markets it out. We grow it ourselves. We extract it ourselves. We have the scientists. We've got eight full-time scientists. We've lodged patents on what we do. So that this is you've important. Patented, you've patented the mushroom technology like that. How we extract it and what we do. You know, that's... Really? Yeah. And again, going back to business models and thinking about that, at the time I was reading the zero to one. Um, Peter and, Thiel. Yeah. And I just think the foundations there are very strong. And looking at the CBD market, you know, at the time, and just watching every every you know Tom Dick and Harry become become a CBD brand, you know it's sort of like seeing that that would happen in mushrooms. You've got to build that moat of defensibility, and that defensibility is the patents to an extent, but more the science and the intellectual property and the abil- ability that we do it all ourselves. So we have ultimate control over the quality of the product. I've had to learn this a few a few times in business the hard way where. I've had providers of certain things in my business and then the providers let you down, same as suppliers can let you down as well. So it's you've equivalently you brought all your mushroom production onshore now, is it is it all it's, here? Yeah, it's all in Australia. I mean we've got operations in Australia, US and we've opened a facility in India for the Indian market. So you've have you just launched into the Indian market recently? Yeah, yeah very recent. And that's gonna be massive, isn't it? I mean it's the new China in the sense of, you know, middle class boom. And what in in terms of obviously we're not going to talk numbers on here, but like in terms of in terms of percentages, how fast do you think you'll grow it equivalent to what you've done in like the US and and mm. Australia? I think it's somewhat out of our control because of the macro. You know, you were just updating me today on UK and the, the, the <laughs> yeah. pound, and it's like yeah. such uncertain times. Yeah, and I think it's for us, it's not. It's you know, it's it's building 
some a business that's just resilient. You know, it's not a hit and quit, raise capital, um, you know, and then just balloon and acquire customers at all costs. It's not that, you know, it's not that for us in this moment. It's, you know, making sure we're building something that's solid, that has a very strong community and very strong foundations and is very defensible and is going to be around for a long period of time because that Silicon Valley model, if you yeah. like, of, you know, just pumping up companies with um, capital money, it's not our game plan it's not what we're trying to do it's not how we want it, the business it's not sustainable is it if you want to if you it's a have fake a long... business in a yeah. way because it's default dead if you don't raise that next amount of money you're dead you know so there's a lot of businesses that are actually not it's just a different type of business but it's not a real business the real business is the hairdresser down the road that's making cash and making profit each week uber never makes a profit but it's got that's an interesting concept but it's not from a lifestyle point of view i don't think it's for me, it's not of interest to build a business like that. I don't want to live that lifestyle. Well, a lot of what's going on in America in the moment at the moment is they get these um, mid-tier level businesses. They roll them up into like a, a SPACs type environment mm-hmm. where there's this former or well, this this company that's listed on the stock exchange and just holds all these brands that aren't really meant to be held on the stock exchange, but they roll them all up together and then they f- fire them out and they sell them off to in, uh, the retail investors. Yeah, and, and it's that that the. the they don't make don't really make money it's just all like hogwash it's sort of a pump and dump type thing you know and it's like and it, yeah and it's just not of interest i guess you know it's like i'm you know if i'm getting into any business and you know this has been a great journey this first 7 years of my first business in a way to learn everything that i've learned and to learn the traps and the tricks of the game and how the game works and there's this enormous elaborate labyrinth of how capital markets work and it's like oh you know and unfortunately i've seen friends you know fall to that and i've seen other friends escape that you know so it's like and really what it does is for us it's like well we want to have impact you know we want to and we genuinely believe the whole team that you know mushrooms can be very important for our evolution they can be very important for our health they can be very important for the environment they tick all those boxes um, and so, yeah, getting listed on the on the stock exchange, if it means more impact, yes. But if it means it's a it's a quick buck, and you know, the the capital teams and the markets are trying to sort of you know do something such as what you're saying with SPACs, which have copped an absolute hiding lately. There was a couple of wins with them early on. Yeah, a couple of guys won. Everyone and, and then everyone, everyone went onto yeah. the SPAC model, and it's it's just again, it's just a fake world where it's not a real business with a real community that's turning over real money and has real customers that love the product. Well, they'll they'll just get they'll just get a load of mushroom brands, wrap them wrap wrap you all under the token called Mush, and then like throw it on the stock exchange, <laughs> and it will turn to Mush within six months. Yeah, because because like you might be the only profitable, genuinely profitable brand within the whole umbrella mm. of all the companies, and then that's why they all fall down. Yeah, and I think this is also, you know, especially, you know, because seven years ago, the word entrepreneur wasn't really a thing as much as it is now. And every year it's got more momentum to be an entrepreneur and to da da da. It's become this fashionable thing. Like previously, what was fashionable in the 80s or something was being a boxer. And, you know, that was the hypey yeah, thing to do. There's, there's these hypey things, and entrepreneurs are very hypey. But, you know, and we've been celebrating, oh, raise 10 million, raise 20 million. Oh, you raised 30 million. Well done. That's not celebrating at all. You know, you celebrate either when you exit or when you have mass impact or when you've got, you know, great, great revenue growth with great margins. But then in saying that, I know entrepreneurs in this country that have exited for like 100, 200 mil, mm. and their company doesn't make any money yeah so it's, it's, it's and and, 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 and way, i've seen inside way. some of these fucking companies and their yeah. company doesn't make it makes fuck all mm. like it literally makes fuck all it literally it's literally funded yeah. by 
buy capital. They they they, they don't even they they they're, they're losing money every month, and I don't understand how you can sell something like that for so much money on the multiple. But the only way I can see it being worth that is because they're trying to the other brands are trying to buy the data. They're trying to buy the. The, and the, buy the market, yeah, the yeah, market. yeah. And and there's no there's, that model is that part of it is like you, it, those guys that can all see that there's opportunity there, you know. And you've got to keep it going, and you've got to keep building the market. And there's there's a huge part of that, you know. Um, it's just interesting, different vehicles and, and ways to do it. And I just think that D to C model um, is is amazing and opportunistic for for people but i think trying to be a 100 million dollar will be the 50 500 million dollar uber of whatever is not necessarily the only way to win and yeah. for, in many cases i don't think it is actually because you see a lot of these companies and you know i was listening to the um owner of mvmt you know so he's a 100 million dollar company and he's talking about you know he's still trying to understand the concept of happiness you know and it's yeah. like <laughs> and it's just like what do you consider the concept of happiness to be for you Still learning, definitely, but I think part of the goal is not to always just be in search of happiness, be in search of the human experience. I've had this, I've had this, um, and it was on a mushroom trip. Mm. I had a, I, I went on a mushroom mushroom journey the other day. Lino took me on another one. I always go on one every few months just to just to learn more about myself, to understand mm. the shadows and where I'm where I'm struggling and all that stuff. I went on this mushroom trip. One of the um, pivotal moments was about happiness. And I realised, I, I happiness is I think is a is bullshit. I think if you pursue purpose, what's most purposeful to you, by default you'll you'll find thing you'll find from 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 pursuing a purpose you find some you know you find you find that inner being you know what I mean you find that comfortability you start to you're gonna have ups and downs within pursuing a purpose like me pursuing this podcast there's ups and downs but I'm pursuing something that's purposeful to me you're pursuing mushrooms a mushroom brand that's purposeful to you so even though it's not all sunshine and rainbows that that pursuing that purpose puts you on a path right mm. whereas people pursue this 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 big word happiness but it, the happiness doesn't mean anything because how do you define it? You can't define it. Mm. So you have to, So if you pursue your actual p- true purpose or whatever you believe that is to you, that's that's kind of the profound moment that I had. Oh, that's that's why I'm that's why I feel better in life now because I'm pursuing something that's purposeful. Mm. And for you, that's podcasting. For for me, yeah. And I, and and it's like some people will say, explain that to me. Explain how this does that. You could do more revenue in content removal. I know I could right now. I know that. But I fucking love this. I can't help what I love. Like, do you know what I mean? And that's why it, yeah. I, you you couldn't help that you were inquisitive about mushrooms when you started, but yeah. you pursued it, and it didn't. You weren't. You were profitable, but you weren't as you didn't realize at the time probably of what you've done now. Surely, no. And I th- but I just think yeah, it's um, that short term, you know, that money grab type thing is what we're sold a lot, and then it comes at the cost of your time and it comes at the cost of your passion. But um, for me, yeah, I just you know the way to live is, has to be through passion and meaning. You know, just it's just so ingrained in me into my truth. So, you know, starting a label, selling shoes, selling clothes, like it's just like it's, to be honest, it's just meaningless. It's absolutely meaningless to me. Like there's just nothing there unless that fabric is changing the way that we can exist and it's doing something of those natures. You know, yeah. and it's, and it's bring, building community. It's like we're at a time in in humanity where it's 
we're really on the edge of many things that could potentially go wrong, whether it's sustainability, whether it's around community, whether it's around our mental health. It's like if I'm not doing something in that space in some way, I'm like, doesn't matter the dollars, just doesn't, because when I'm on my deathbed at 70, 80, 90, and it was one thing that, uh, you know, uh, when I worked in the corporate world, the psychologist got me to do was to write this letter, uh, you know, to myself on my deathbed yeah, and write your life, you know, and just like really look at it from that perspective of, what do you regret and what are you what are you grateful for? And so that really helped sink it in. But I was sort of already on that journey, which was so so for me, mushrooms are, again are just a key tool and a key component of humanity going forward. That's useful, you know, because we have so much consumerism going on. We're pillaging the planet, we're pillaging the resources, you know, and so we need to look at things deeply and go, okay, is that beneficial and good for the collective and for the individual? Because again, going back to those sort of those fake meat burgers. It's like we were sold this hype, we were sold this story. Look at the ingredients. They're a disaster. Nine out of ten of them are an absolute disaster, just a chemical bomb. And so it's this, the, the truth there, um, God it was, was sort of deceived because of the marketing, because of the propaganda, because of the dollar, because of these companies getting raised up on the NASDAQ for a billion-dollar company and it's good and it's got a couple of influencers pushing it so we should go for it. And we lost our way with that and that's just all over the place with many things. You know, we worked a lot in um, in the fashion space because mushrooms can break down materials within the fast fashion. So we worked with a couple of brands, won't mention them, but, you know, the amount of waste, tonnage every year that's just in their warehouses going to landfill, you know, so it's sort of like, yeah, those those things for me are just like, okay, how do we actually, you know, make a dent in a positive way and it's just mushrooms are a part of that. And so we do different things in packaging where we're replacing polystyrene with packaging. We work in animal agriculture where we replace, um, you know, different antibiotics and different sort of, I guess, synthetic things that are given to the animals with mushroom extracts. Um, so mushrooms for me is just like for for humanity to level up, you know, um, they're essential. It do, it does it does change the way that you you see certain things. I mean, even when you microdose mushrooms, like take zero point two or something like that of a, of of a mushroom, like that's that sharpens you up mm. like it just gives you some it gives you some mm, mm. it's 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 um it's great for i imagine it's great for treating mental health and stuff like that because it does it's a happiness thing isn't it it does create happiness i mean yeah to, to clarify like that's not what we are invested in we've done you know we've done research um with australian universities with you know just normal compounds of of mushrooms and, yeah. and had and had great results with in Quebec. We did a study in bees um, for longevity. So we did longevity, so improving the lifespan of a bee through mushroom extracts um, for the animals. Um, and in that space, you know, in, especially in North America with John Hopkins University and and different groups and maps, the non for profit, like yeah, the results are phenomenal. And there's you know there's great um, encouragement of those signs, but. I guess from where we sit on it, it's like that's that's coming. That's part of the evolution. It's not our space, the psychedelic space. Uh, we're more in the functional everyday mushrooms, and that will help you level up as well. That helps you level up through, you know, your your sleep, how you're feeling, getting off of coffee, transitioning. These these pieces are really important because you know there's no silver bullet for our health and our mental health, um, and I, and I think. It's just about chipping away at these pieces, um, and for us, functional mushrooms that are growing. Um, you know, in a, in a high quality way, extracted in a high quality way, because again, going back to a lot of the powders, 
Um, you know, they're coming from Asia, and it's just that the potency is not there. And for us, that's like just like if if you're going to honor the mushrooms, grow them in a, in a strong way, in a powerful way, and make sure when someone consumes them, if you read our reviews, they're just. I read them every day because I get them, and it's just obscene the results, you know, the benefits people are having. What's the when you were talking to me before about the biodiversity of the of the mushroom extract from say obviously your because we were talking about a product before we won't mention the product, but we we're talking about a product that I love the branding of mm. um, in the world, and they're in the the mushroom space themselves, and they you were saying that. Because their mushrooms are, ch- are Chinese, obviously they've not got the biodiversity mm-hmm. available. Mm-hmm. Why are all these brands using these Chinese mushrooms and, and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, and it's not just China. I think it's you know Asian countries or foreign countries. Um, and some people are growing in the country, which is great. Uh, but th- there's always nuances, and, and you can't really share that across. But I guess the danger in social media, the danger in, in the e-com world, and the danger with these pieces you just got to be aware of is like, you know, Everyone's trying to become a mushroom brand. Everyone's trying to become a CBD brand. Everyone's trying to become a supplement yeah. brand because, hey, I can buy that off Alibaba and I can repackage it and I can give it to some influencers and I can get it to pop. You know, and that model's worked very well within clothing and other pieces um, for some time. Um, but again, it's from a business model point of view, it's not very defensible. Yeah, you because know, you can't build a moat around something. You can't you... build a moat around it, so you can't build a real value. You know, investors will come and say, well, what makes you different to this guy? You know, actually nothing. Um, because we both get our mushrooms from samealibaba.com, you know. So so there's that element of it. From a valuation point as a company and defensibility, you know, biotechnology, no different to IT or, you know, information technology. Like Uber's valuable because of its algorithms and its tech. We're valuable because of our tech, you know, so that puts you in a different category. Secondly to that, it's just something that we know the customer resonates with. We grow our mushrooms in Australia. We grow our mushrooms in the US. Oh, I like that. You know, oh, and then sec- thirdly to that is like, you know, intuitively, how do you feel when you take them? You know? And so that's been the big one for us with Dave Asprey and being featured on Joe Rogan. And that's cut through. You know, that was just cut through because they genuinely liked the product. And so that gets you another le- sort of leverage point. Yeah, yeah. When you, yeah, because I saw Joe use the product and, and then people like Dave Asprey, obviously Bulletproof and all that mm-hmm. stuff that he does. That that having having people like that genuinely go and pick your product and get results from it and be able to like mm. put it out there is, is is insanely powerful. Is that an aura ring? That one? Yeah, aura yeah. ring. Yeah, because that's really where it started with Dave. Dave, we sent him some product um, through a friend, and you know he said my dreaming, my REM sleep was just you know off the charts, amazing. Uh, so REM sleep's that dream state, and so this was interesting because it wasn't in the literature about it. You know, there's no lion's mane for for REM improving REM sleep, and um, that was really what took it took it for him, and that's really what where we saw our success as well. Because you just weren't getting that with the powders, you weren't getting that with the other products. So walk me through these five mushrooms that we have here in terms of extracts and how they how they obviously work and impact the body. Mm. Yeah, so we'll talk to some of the research and some of the reviews. Um, Turkey tail, great study out of Harvard around being a prebiotic, um, but really, you know, just great. You know, for digestion with meals, um, so great to add to water, tea, coffee, add to your meal. Um, you know, happy gut, happy life in simple terms. Um, yeah, we know that's important. We won't go into too much of the science there. Reishi, just you know, evening time, a PM mushroom. You know, in the it's known as the mushroom of immortality. And when I was in China visiting and and seeing how everything works over there, it was sort of like on all sort of the temples, there was a lot of mushroom art. 
but in particular the um the, the reishi mushroom. So it's been revered there for hundreds of years for for longevity, um, but really also just you know what the research suggests and points to is just very much you know a calming a PM mushroom right in the evening before bed is sort of the best time to have the reishi. Yeah. Um, a lion's mane, you know, this is one for, as I sort of mentioned, Dave Asprey mentioned around the REM sleep, you know, and there's some interesting research around lion's mane as well um, for behaviours on the brain and actions on the brain, but it's really, you know, great in the morning, replacement for coffee, um, get you into a flow state. Re- replaces coffee. Mm-hmm. With, so the, with the cordyceps, a good combination swap because, you know, I saw this study that NASA did on on. You know, they gave a spider uh, caffeine, they gave a spider other illicit drugs, and they saw how the spider would behave. And when the spider consumed caffeine and then went to make a web, the web was just all over the place. You know, it actually uh, impaired the focus and the ability for it to be attentive to creating the web. And so the picture of the web was just messy. I have a love hate relationship. <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with caffeine. Yeah, I can see that now. You know, in your in yourself, you can feel. You know excited um mm. energized but are you like able to just to go bang you know yeah to, not really in terms of you know that project or that focus or even that creative flow it narrows you in a bit see i want yeah because I, I want something that's gonna zone me zone me in but but also give me that give me that energy that i want to do mm. the, the only thing i've ever found that was phenomenally good back mm. in the day was jack 3d like, <laughs> Jack, I'm trying to remember that. Jack, yeah, Jack, yeah, Jack, yeah. Jack, Jack 3D is my all-time yeah. favorite. I never knew. I think I, would, I remember like a grape flavor or something. Yeah, yeah, and they had it had DMMA in it. It was like it was fully illegal. None of us knew, okay, but yeah. it was it was just phenomenal stuff. And you, <laughs> you used to t- we used to take free scoots for sparring all of yeah. us, and we used to knock lumps out of each other. Mm-hmm. And like there'd be there'd be lads in there that that were not even like heavy punches that were just cleaning people out because of how potent this stuff was like wow. it was just mental stuff but yeah. that used to send you into a you used to imagine this right you took this stuff and you just went it's like the world went like this and just sent you into this tunnel it's like mm-hmm. that, that's it so that's what but that was positive for for that task yeah yeah, yeah. And i guess caffeine you know is it's another tool just like these are tools and it's like if you use it in the right way, hugely beneficial. You use caffeine before, you know, I mean, remember with the guys for sport for in the Premier League before a game, you know, you've got 30,000 people screaming out there, jacked up on caffeine, like, boom, you're on. Yeah. But at the same time, then they're not sleeping until 4 a.m., you know, or whatever. And so it can disrupt the sleep the, yeah. and, and then it can drain the adrenals. And so it's a short-term win, long-term, you know, you've got to, you've got to really find your sweet spot with it. Do you use caffeine yourself? I use it. I drink cacao mostly. You know, cacao's got a bit of the L-theanine in it and a bit of caffeine in it. And it's just it's just a steady sp- space. Um, but you know, for me, for energy, it's cordyceps, lion's mane in the morning um, with some cacao, and then just also just not eating. Eating really slows you down. And what about what about this one? This this uh... this is the beauty mushroom, the glow mushroom. You know, amazing from a male point of view. You really notice, you know, the need to sort of shave more often from your beard, but hair thickening. Shit, what's it called? Shitaki. Shitaki, yeah. So yeah. pretty familiar with it, I think. In the mainstream, it's the most grown mushroom on the planet. Is the shiitake, um, very popular, you know, in the ramens and the Asian dishes. But you're not getting it in the 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 bioavailability that you are in an extract. But yeah, the glow mushroom, you know, it should be part of the beauty routine. Um, it'll get you know get that noggin really glowed up and shining for you. Yeah, you reckon, you reckon it's going to help my baldness? <laughs> well, it helps thicken hair. 
<laughs> help stick it stick in the head. <laughs> Mate, so that's any, got to be a any, bloody good extract to help any, me. If there's any there, next time, part yeah, two, yeah, Afro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? It looked like I've been to Turkey for a transplant. <laughs> Do you know but, what I mean? But but nah. The women love it um, because it's really part of that, that, that glow, you know, that glow for the skin, that complexion. A lot of the market we know about collagen, 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 and it's a huge billion-dollar market. And actually, the fun fact is Dave Asprey kicked that market off. He was the first with a collagen product on the market. Um out there and then now everyone's got a collagen product and it's a beneficial beneficial supplement to take but the other one that's really good for skin health is elastin elastin is the firmness so as we get older as we're learning what aging is you know you lose, lose that firmness you get i guess what in simple terms that sagginess of the skin it's not firm and strong and so that's for photo aging a lot to do with you know i've got cousins in london living there in the central london and they're 10 years older than me they look probably five years younger than me because they're not getting that photo aging, they're not getting that UV, um, and so that's where shiitake is really good for that, for slowing down the UV damage. Really, mm. uh, that obviously I've got all these extracts myself. I don't, I just take them. I don't really know mm. what they. Obviously, I've read the literature, but I don't. I'll just. It's, it isn't interesting to see how you break that down and what they actually really do. Mm. Is it? Is there any others you do as well? There's, there's more than that, isn't there? There's, There's one other, the chaga mushroom. Yeah, so I've got is, I've got the six set yeah. I have. Yeah. The chaga is a powerhouse. Um, we get that from Alaska, so it doesn't grow in a, in Australia, or and it definitely it just definitely doesn't grow in Australia because you need snow and you need birch trees. A birch tree is what it grows from, and so it's sort of like this big clump of wood on the side of a tree. If you walk past it, you would never know that that's a mushroom. It's just this big clump, and they sort of just axe it off. You know, sustainably harvested is important because it's wild harvested. So. You know, as these markets get bigger, you don't want it just to be completely pillaged. Um, and so we get that from Alaska, from some wild f- harvesters there, um, sent to our, our site in the US there, and that's where it's um, extracted. And it's a really gold color. Um, it's known as the king of mushrooms. We asked the science team, you know, if you want to choose one mushroom, what would you choose? They'd probably, they, well, they do say the chaga mushroom, you know, because it's just it's very broad spectrum in terms of mineral content, selenium, calcium, zinc, these minerals are really important antioxidants which you know when we think of antioxidants just the simplest thing is to think of anti-aging it just slows the aging process down really important for that the the chaga is also a bit of the vanity mushroom you know if you've got blue eyes they really start to pop like laser beams um we've had some funny testimonials from people in the u.s about that it amazes me how something so natural can pull out so many components of a, of a human where they need to die, like allows them to dial in. Mm. So so essentially, it's like for anyone who's entrepreneurial, really, like they should be taking mushroom extracts. I mean, there's definitely like you know going back to that that entrepreneurial journey or professional journey when you're on the mission per se. You know, it's no different to being an athlete. You know, you need to nail your sleep. You need to nail your morning routine. You need to nail your evening routine. You need to manage your, your schedule and your ability to use time. Um, and you need your physical vessel to be really solid and strong and clear. And when I say strong, I don't mean jacked. I mean just like resilient and and able to deal with the stress that comes. The stress is just so profound. So it's a spiritual journey and a physical health journey and a mental health journey that's required, you know, um, because it's a, it's a long journey. And I, I think it, you probably had other entrepreneurs or business people on here talk about that. It's a long, lonely journey in a way. It doesn't have to be lonely, but for some reason it does become that way. It, <laughs> I, th- I think I think because we were talking before the podcast as well, I think the 
not everyone not everyone's bad in business but there are a lot of people out there just trying to take you out all the time whether mm. it's other brands trying to take you take take mm. you out and mm. obviously that's why you defend with patents and stuff like that or whether it's you know just just people trying to get in and out like, there's a lot of that lot of that goes on sometimes you can find yourself as an, as as someone who's entrepreneurial separating yourself from the pack because it's like you know at least you know mm. what you at least you know if you have got five people around you, you know your group. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You, you, that's why a lot of that's why a lot of entrepreneurs are at the top level of the game. They don't have many like friends. They have lots of acquaintances, but not many mm-hmm. friends. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. They got that. They 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 got their day one group. Is that something that you've that you've got as well? Because 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 you, yeah. you you seem like a man that's kind of quite. It, you just you just like your own space and your own time and to 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 you know. Hold your own kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, how do I think about it? Um, you know, I'm very collaborative, you know, very open to yeah. collaboration. But I guess what I've learned on that journey is not everyone is open, evenly open to that as well in, in a way. But, you know, and that's just to embody the mushrooms. You know, mushrooms, just to give a very quick story in nature with mycelium. You know, mycelium is the roots of the mushrooms. And so the roots of the mushrooms, before the mushroom pops up, this is underground. And it actually, within the system... It, Within the environment, allows trees to talk to each other. It allows it's like the internet of the underground, is what many people have described it as, and it's exactly what it is. It allows communication, and it's very collaborative. And so, embodying that as a company, we try to do. We try to be collaborative and do, you know, cross promotions and marketing and co-branding, whatever it is, with other brands and other individuals. Um, but at the same time, business is, you know, ruthlessly competitive, and I love that. I love that, you know, because I was in the, the Premier League and I was in those elite environments and I was in Formula One and I was working with these athletes who are just beasts, you know, do not get in my fucking way, like that kind of mentality. So part of me enjoys that part of it, but we can do it in a conscious way. Who are some of like the top athletes at the moment that you have using the product? At the moment, we've, we've sort of, um, I mean, Owen Wright, you know, pro surfer, um, we've worked with, you know, it's sort of in and out depending on seasons and pieces. And what I mean by seasons is like where they're up to in their training. You know, are yeah. they in pre-competition? Are they in fight week? Are they in camp? Um, or are they just taking that block off after? Because um, we work with a lot of fighters, a lot of UFC fighters. Um, you know, we've worked with Usman in the past, Cody Garbrandt. Um, I forget a couple of the other lads' names and a few females as well. So, Can these turn up on the drug test though? We haven't seen anything. Um, you know, we, we don't make recommendations on that. You know, that's up to the medical team. You know, being a part of a medical team once upon a time, I know that's sort of how that rolls in terms of the athlete will go to the, the team doctor and the head physician or whoever's in the team. And uh, But, yeah, we've worked with pro surfers, pro UFC fighters, other codes, many other codes. And so, yeah, this is, um, you know, it's a, a gentle nudge in the right direction. It's not like jacked, you know. It's not like yeah, jacked where yeah. you're just like, pff, whoa, you know, which is obviously performance enhancing, but you know what comes up must come down in that sense. Um, these are just gentle nudges, and again, going back to reviews, everyone reacts differently. And I just think when it comes to consuming anything in your body, it's about intuition. Like, how does that feel for me? You know, for some people they get these benefits, for some they get this. But overall, you know, in terms of upgrading your health, it's an it's an essential item to add. You know, if you're trying to biohack, if you're trying to upgrade, if you're doing, you know, your saunas or your fasting and your all these other pieces, mushrooms are, you know, a key staple within that. What What other things would you add to your like bio stack in terms of like what people should add into their daily lifestyle? Because mm. I've, I've I was reading a lot about this. There was this. There's a company called Do Not Age. They're a UK based company. I don't know if you've mm. heard of them. No. 
but they they do this. Is it NMD or something like NMN? NMN, yes, yeah. It's NMN or there's NAD plus. So it's, yeah, I've what, been using NMN actually, um, not from that brand, from another brand called Alive Biosciences in the US. And again, that's another brand that's like, you know, they're not a marketing company. They are deep in their science, and so maybe that's why not many people maybe have heard of them. But their product is phenomenal. So yeah, talk to me about that because I I really want to understand th- that compound and how it works and how and what you've had. Physiology from it. of the NMN, I couldn't like speak to as a professional, but I know that you know NMN just and, from you using yeah, it. I'm talking about, I mean, yeah, I mean, and it came from a friend um, who is an elite athlete. You know, played for Australia in his code, and you know, late thirties, and he's just like, I'm feeling good. I'm because I, I was just like, you're looking great, you know, um, and there's not too many things that do that and of course he's got he's it's never just that silver bullet he's got his other things mapped out in his life that he's doing um but he said yeah he's not had felt a noticeable difference with the nmn um so that's something that yeah we don't sell that product but it's um essentially what's happening as you get older you know your body stops producing nmn it stops producing nad that reaction stuff so you're depleting that and so it's just topping it up it's, it's, uh, the, when I was reading the research about it, it's essentially you have a you have a certain amount of cell turnover when you mm. as you as you age, and if you don't include this compound, this NM, mm. uh, whatever yeah. you said, NMN, yeah, <laughs> yeah, NMN. If you don't include that <laughs> compound, you can't. It, the cells when they when they regenerate, they regenerate like a little bit of a faulty cell, mm. and it, and it becomes more of those. And, and it's just aging. So going back aging. to the chaga, it's like slowing down the aging process is everything really and so you know longevity is the name of the game it's not hit and quit which is i guess what jacked is which is what a couple of these yeah um, these pre-workouts caffeine coffee you know there's always a debate going on there but and i think one 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 a day is good two maybe okay but if anything over that you you're probably stealing from tomorrow do, do you and that that is a great statement stealing from tomorrow because i didn't realize until i read i read the history of caffeine that caffeine was brought in in the 1900s to give to workers to in they formulated this coffee break tea break type thing mm. to, to so they could give this drug caffeine to workers mm. in this drink so they could get more performance out of the workforce and i didn't i, I, I didn't realize i didn't realize we've yeah. all been sold this caffeine thing yeah. and it's uh, it's it's a complete like it's the fuel of the matrix 100% Hundred yeah. percent. It's the daytime fuel of the matrix. The alcohol is the nighttime fuel of the matrix. You know, it keeps you in this like psh, system. It keeps you in the um, you know, closed minded system. Yeah. See, when I am, I, um, I I've been, I have quit caffeine for say hundred day blocks a couple of times mm. and felt so much better for it. But then mm. I always, <laughs> then I always driving past this. Um, uh, I see that monster can staring at me, and it just. <laughs> Just, it just captures. The monster cans what gets you. That's interesting. It's because even though that is like the devil's water, and I know that. <laughs> I know that. I know that. I know that it is, right? <laughs> it's literally, I know that, right? But the thing is, it just looks at me and it goes, Frankie boy? Yeah. You know, I taste good, mate. Like, God, I, I mean, and they've got the addiction part of it. I'm not sure what the sugar content of it is. Now, there's zero, zero, there's zero, sugar, sugar, zero sugar. Zero sugar. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, they, they've heard, we've got a food scientist, you know, to make our extracts good because typically a lot of these mushroom extracts and extracts in general, you know, herbal extracts, very foul tasting. So that's been yeah. Your, yours don't yours don't taste bad at all. No, exactly. So that's you know. Mm. So learning from the, you know the big boys in town, the monsters what, and the other big foods like yeah. tastes is taste is. If someone's putting something in their mouth, taste is important. 
When I, sometimes it's the first most important thing, you know, well, even ashwagandha yeah. and things like that. So just like I'm a health nut, I'm into it, but I won't consume it. It's like that's too foul. I'm, if I bought a bottle, I definitely wouldn't finish it because just out of the taste. And so that's been another huge part, I guess, especially compared to the powders. The powders taste pretty horrid too. Yeah, well, th- this is what when I bought your product, the I bought it off the website. Now when I got when it turned up, I was shitting myself because it says just put it in water, doesn't it? And I was putting all these droplets of all these six mushrooms. I didn't read it at the start, mm. so I didn't know one was AM and some are PM. So I just put them all in one, mm. and I was I just grabbed my nose and ready for expecting this fucking this thing to taste like <laughs> shit. You know yeah. what I mean? And then I was like, oh, it's not too bad. It tastes quite kind of sweet. It's mm. kind of it's easy. It's like. Mm-hmm equivalent to drinking apple juice type thing it's like it's yeah. just easy isn't it yeah. and i didn't realize that that was a fo- that was something you had to formulate mm, mm. because obviously you can't do the natural extracts normally yeah, taste you, like shit oh they taste very bad i mean yeah very bad i mean in saying that the lion's mane known as the lobster of the woods i've got some in the fridge there that we grow but you know if you cook that up it tastes like a mixture between lobster and chicken, but you know there's not many growers of lion's mane, and that's not how you're going to get the full benefits of it. The full benefits are going to come from a potent extract that's bioavailable, um, which is in the, in the liquid form. So, yeah, but in general, one they're inedible, meaning you know you can't chew on them. They're they're very strong to, and to break down. But secondly, yeah, when they're in other forms and not tasty, I think that's also part of why the the movement was slower. You know because. Yeah. Herbal medicine, or you know, herb, herbals, herbs in general, um, can be found tasting, and so that the purists didn't realize that. Hey, to meet the everyday Frankie, they need to taste all right, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I get it, and and it's so it's like it's 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 a good insight for a lot of people out there that are mm. are making products. Mm. It's like especially if you're making it in the health space. It's like if you're going to make the product. Mm. It's it's not you can't you can't just sell the benefit of of what it will give the person. Mm. It has to be something that the person wants to mm. wants to take as well. And no criticism to the US, but when we went over to the US, we tasted other you know mushroom extracts and mushroom products and just supplements in general. Like and and even to an extent, the food it's just it's a lower quality in the US. Just across the board, like it's just like it's just not. I'm sure there's some good high end stuff, but in the general everyday stuff, it's it's not great. The, there's, <laughs> I, I've not been to the US yet, but my friends have sent me a few videos of the kind of food that's out there, mm. and I I can only imagine the GMO and all that kind of stuff that's in this food. They've got two standards. They've got a super high standard that's amazing, and then they got a super low standard that you just it's terrible. And then so then it, the average is on the lower side. Um, so yeah, that was that was great for us to see because we're like, you know, in terms of others, other products out there, we're just like that's on taste, not not great. The other thing is convenience. So again, you know, here's one here, but you know, this is our, some of our, our different range. Instead of the, dropping it into the water, it's the mouth mist for a mouth freshener to feel fresh in the mouth, but to absorb it in the mouth for convenience. You know, just on the run in the gym bag. You know, the the reishi right beside the bedside table. Perfect. Like just so there's that there's those. You're two building elements. it into people's habits. Habits meets convenience, you know, because I guess that's the, you know, when you have this idea of how you want things to be, it's like humans are still humans. Convenience is why Amazon wins. You know, speed is why these things win. Um, you know, taste with things like whatever it is in the monster drink that's like calling you back. You know, there's those elements you gotta you gotta win it, win at while still 
holding firm on your values and your mission as a company. So you can't be like, no, they're gonna they're gonna consume the product the way that I want them to consume it. They're gonna, you know, and that's the great part about product development that I really enjoy is just you know getting out of our own heads because we're not the decision makers. The customer is the decision maker. They are the boss, and so you know, really working that relationship, to, you get so many insights in that space. Yeah, have you had as you've gone on this journey and you've and you've gone on this the success the success journey, so to speak. And I know, I know, we were talking about this before, and you don't consider yourself in per se in quotation marks successful. But how do you how do you when you start turning over multi multi millions and having a successful brand and getting on How do you manage like your whole ego around that? Because mm-hmm. there there must be some form that develops in some way. Yeah, and I think as a young guy, you know, like it can just naturally kick in as well. And so, I think one again going back, like there's just so much. You know, we we can think of our past ten years, and there's things in there that didn't mean anything. But there's the learnings from again the Premier League going back to it, like seeing the guys have it all, and maybe some of them on antidepressants. It's like shit, you know. And same in the Fortune 500 company, working as a health consultant, successful professional people, you know good income um you know on the outside looks good unhappy and unmeaning and that's the journey to stay on and i guess that's been a, a forever journey but um you know also just having good friends and good mentors you know learning from them because they went through those traps it's very normal i guess if you're in your 20s as a male and things are going your way and you're getting a bit of traction and you're getting on joe rogan it's easy to to you know to, to hype yourself up yeah uh, which is important to an extent because it builds belief yeah. But it's you got to be like measured in that, so you don't overhype things and and then get complacent as well, which happens, you know. And so you look at athletes like, you know, the Kobe Bryant's and the Roger Federer's and the Novak Djokovic's who are just like the external does not mean anything to them. Like they're in it for the craft. They're in it for their own journey, so that when they look in the mirror at themselves, they know that they did it. That anything coming externally is like. Thank you, brother. Thank you for that. Thank you for that yeah. compliment, and, and it means something for sure. And I'm very grateful. But it's like it's not doesn't fuck with the mood. This doesn't, is, doesn't this, fuck with the emotion. This is why I don't get too highly involved in the in the analytics too much, and to, and and mm. even so much as like the the ranking mm. of the podcast at certain periods of time, mm. up, down, sideways, whatever, whatever. Because mm. I'm like, you know what? I actually love the reps. Yeah, and I, and. And I fell in love with doing the work Mm-mm. and and being involved in the conversations that I get to be in rather than rather than everything else. And everything else just follows on from that. Mm, and the mastery. So, yeah, we're seven years in, still super young. I'm super young in the business journey, you know. Like, I know we get sold on on Instagram. It's like, buy this ebook, get this coaching, you know, zero to X in 12 months, three months, two months, two years, whatever it is. I'm just like... I don't know. I just love the craft and the idea of, like, mastery over a long period of time. And so, you know, seven years in, still early days for life cycle, still very early days. The first time I heard of Airbnb, they were 13 years old. I was like, what the fuck? I just heard of them. You know, they were 13 years old. These companies have been around for a long time. And so, yeah, seven years in, we're early days still, and there's lots of growth and lots of opportunity, and it's just building that base foundation. And then beyond that, I'm sure we'll do other things and have multiple, um, you know, cracks at it in different ways. So, yeah, it's just all enjoying that, I guess, Again, not getting too cliche and philosophical, but enjoying that journey is literally everything. Well, we were, t- <laughs> we, we were talking about because you see everything as a ten-year window, don't you? Yeah, I'm looking at it in ten-year blocks. Like, 
you know, because anything before that, I think it's hard. You, you're just not going to achieve mastery. You're going to be, you know, um, thinking you know more than you do and selling more than you do know than you do. And that's fine, also in, in an extent. But it's like true mastery is just ten years. And again, looking back at the football players, eighteen, they've been at it since they were eight, nonstop, yeah. nonstop. You know, the Messi's and and these guys. And when we were, when we were there. You know, Barcelona was the team, you know, with the Messi and Iniesta and Xavi and all these guys. And, like, they were they'd been playing together as a team for, like, over a decade when they were at their height. You know, they'd been – and their brothers and their, their good friends. And so I just found so much beauty in that, that they'd been on that journey for so long. And then now they've reached it. Now they're just absolutely dominating. And all the English clubs are like, how are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Well, Man United, Man United did the same as well. Mm. Like, they added they – added I mean the, the the key crux of the team that that won the treble in '99 was like six six or seven of the players on the first team and about five five players on the bench were all from the same mm. youth squad, yeah. and then they added in the the Dwight Yorks and the Andy Coles and the Terry Sherry yeah. and, and they added in those kind of players that they might need them mm. all over the park. But but you know Ryan Giggs came out of the youth team. So did David Beckham. So did Paul Scholes. So did Nicky Butt. So did everyone else. Yeah. Like you yeah. know. <laughs> so I, I like looking at those patterns and seeing where and then look at those patterns and learn and be inspired by them and then also re-engineer the end point of like oh who do I, who's at who's at the end of their sort of stint and like really in a good place physically and mentally and spiritually because sadly on that business journey you meet a lot of people and you see a lot of people who are just actually you know they're lonely unhappy you know they don't have real relationships that are real yeah, you know they're just fake relationships. So you know, it's just trying to build those things, build friendships with, with um the team and with you know other guys that are on the business journey that are like there for each other in a genuine way. And so that's I think that's also maybe why it gets a bit lonely because a lot of guys or a lot of women, a lot of business people in general will get burnt along the way because it's sharky waters. Those are sharky, sharky waters. One thing I watch on IG, you know, I got a couple of pages that are like just. Images of Africa, videos of Africa, just raw shots of the jungle and how life is in the jungle. You know, that that baby gazelle that just got pinned down and that you know, that, that bear with those cubs that got you know, one of the cubs got taken away or the, the mum got taken like it's brutal. And like and it's not easy to watch. You don't enjoy watching it to an extent, but it's like that's reality in a way. And there's so many <laughs> synergies between that and the and the business world of like just how sharky it can be. Now I don't think it has to be that way. But I think it will be that way because it's competition. I think you got, I think, I think you got to. <laughs> what do you think? I think you got to. I think people have got to get real and like it, it is. It is that way. I mean, we're all <laughs> we're all competing for attention and You're a space. Boxer, you know, and, competition, mate. Hundred percent. It's like it's like you know being being around boxing and and seeing top athletes at the top of the game and mm. how they perform and d- being a trainer and everything else. I've mm. seen it, mate. Like it's, it's so competitive, mm. you know, and and it's it. You have to have that. It's what I call the um, the naught point one percent. There's a there's a big difference between being the top one percent and being the top naught 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 one percent. And the top naught 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 one percent, the Federers, mm. the the um, Floyd Mayweathers, they're fuck, they're cold killers, man. They're cold killers. They're cold killers. The the even the, 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 the even like even like the even like the um, the Ben Francis, the Ben Francis mm-hmm. of the world. Ben Francis is. I met him for a couple of minutes. Yeah, I know. I see, I see your pictures together. Like he, 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 and Ben seems 
very like reserved and but in business he's a cold hard killer man like yeah. in terms of like he's clinical yeah. he has to be because he, he wouldn't be. be you he would he would not you got to look at that man and think to yourself that man has gone through uh has grown a whole brand gym shark from mm. been through the whole journey and and retains like 77 or 87 percent of the business mm. who does that mm. only a cold hard killer retains retains 70 percent of a of a billion dollar brand, yeah, simple as that. Yeah. So what you see on the outside and what and, and and the true reality of how clinical these people can be on the inside, two mm. different two different scenarios. Yeah. People got people got to be aware of it. Yeah. You have to be. Yeah. Businesses like that, you're going to get slapped about. Yeah, and I guess attached to that is like, it's you know it's never probably to an extent about the dollars. After a while, you know, it's just his sort of he loves what he does. He loves his cra- he, he loves, loves the it. craft. You know, he loves it. He's thinking about it all the time, and that's the same. That's the, so these patterns, and I guess. You know, that's never really, it's, it's the unsexy story, you know, because people don't want to hear that. The mainstream necessarily is just like, no, nah, I need to get out of this situation. No, the first step is just to go back to having a bit of stillness with yourself and going, what do I want to do with my time? I'm here for another 10, 20, 30, 40, well, 50 years. Like, what do I want to do with my time? 100%. And that's what I'm most likely going to be successful at. Like, what am I thinking about when I've got free time? What am I, you know, and that's the space to go into. The most dangerous people in, in, in the space that you're in, are the people that truly love the art, right? So you you like the art of everything you're developing in mushrooms. I love the art of podcasting. I look at I look at in my niche. I look at people podcasting. I'm like, fuck, you don't love it. Mm. So I'm going to smash you to pieces because you don't love it. You're mm. doing it because you're trying to sell this off the back of it, or you're doing it because you're trying to be you're trying to create a network and this that, and the other. And if you don't love it, then you'll get fucked seven ways from Sunday. And the other part is that people on the outside who are looking at you do it or and in different scenarios. And for us, it's just like amount of time put into it early on it doesn't make any sense you know you if you look at doing a time for dollar thing it's like you're in the red in a huge way early I mean, so this the everyday sort of mentality is like oh i'm not going to give up my sunday i'm not going to give up three days to yeah. do that when i could be making x dollars doing this yeah but you're not giving up anything if you're doing what you love yeah 100 percent. like the, it, there's there's a few calls that i could make and I'll make them later, yeah. but there's a few calls that I could be making right now that could could earn me a vast more amount of money. But I enjoy I enjoy coming out here. I enjoy pe- meeting people like you. Mm. I enjoy helping people like you articulate your journey so to add value to the audience. And if, if, if when it's a, when it is about that, and and it generally and it genuinely is something you fucking love and it lights you up, that means way more than just the dollars in the initial period, and that mm. carries you through because mm-hmm. this, this just. I'm, uh, you're seven years in. I'm two and a half years into this, so I've got. I'm on. I'm on. A, I'm on. A, I've got a long way to go. Yeah, do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. But is it? But eventually, these things. These things have to pay off. If you if you truly love them, you'll find the way. Yeah. But you have to. You have to have. You have to have that that inherent love for something. It can't just be about take this, sell this for this, and make the money. Yeah. That, there has there, there there can be a piece of that mm-hmm. in part of your journey, but ultimately, because you've you, you through your journey before you started this brand, which is more purposeful to you, mm. there were things that you probably did to make money to allow you to start that, which yeah. is fine. But yeah. what what advice would you give to people that are, especially these entrepreneurs out there? There's a lot of entrepreneurs, probably probably some that listen. What, to this how podcast. do you define an entrepreneur? Well, <laughs> no, let, 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 let me let me yeah. say, let me set the scene for you. There'll, mm-hmm. there'll be there'll be a few people that listen to this podcast, a good few people that mm-hmm. have multiple businesses, and I think it's a bad idea mm-hmm. at, until you're at a certain level. What's your opinion on it? 
proof's in the pudding. You know, is it a, is it a business that's you know making money and growing, um, and it's standing on its own legs, or you know, is it in that idea phase? But if they've got multiple businesses going, and this one's making X, and that one's making Y, and it's they're building, it's 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 probably fine too. But if they're both like mid tier and flatlining, and you know, not really doing anything, then you know, you need to zero in. Yeah, but don't, don't that 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 that's what I mean. Like from your experience, wouldn't wouldn't you, rather than having say like say say a couple of them they have businesses doing a couple of hundred k each, or mm-hmm. they have businesses that are doing like three million each, wouldn't it be better to go all in on 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 the one that they believe can be the true killer? Mm. Yes, for Cause, sure. Because uh, because uh, the, the the key thing that I've learned from doing all these podcasts with with all you guys that have done big things, it's. You f- the relentless focus on the one thing is what ultimately leads to the yeah. to the next I've level. That, yeah, I mean, and before starting life cycle with Ryan and going down that journey with the team, it's like I was just a bit here and there doing a few things and getting nowhere. You know, just little tinkering things um, for like a you know in ideation phase. Um, but it's it's that focus for seven years. Haven't thought of anything else. You know, even to the point of you know. How we, how we were living, even to the point of relationships with women, and just like you know, not having distractions with girls, um, and in relationships, you know, thinking the idea of our relationship is going to be distracting because if I want to need to work on a Sunday or want to do this and this, you know, it's not fair on her. And so th- there was those sacrifices too. So the focus was, you know, it was to a level of I don't want to say killer, but like you, it's, it's a level that most people think oh, that's. You're you're you're, have, you're you're crazy. Have you ever done, <laughs> have you ever done celibacy to push your brand further? That's a whole topic in itself. That the power of celibacy and the power of semen retention for the male is should be taught in schools. To talk talk into it for me because I want to uh, like I I went celibate. I was ranked number I think it was like ninety two, and it pissed me off in the education category back in Australia back in Australia back last year at the time. And um, I went at a hundred days celibate, got to number five, right? Yeah, normal, right? And I was like, "Wow, there's something in this." Oh, you mean and you I, got to day five, you kept going? No, then I got to hundred yeah, days. 100%. I, I thought I've got yeah. to hundred days and thought, right, go yeah. on, one for the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. then you know, you, I had to come out of retirement for a little bit, mm. but then, but <laughs> but it just showed me that when you were when you when you hang the gloves up as a man mm. in that in in that arena and you stop chasing mm. chasing all these shiny objects you and you, the sexual energy is creative energy so it allows you to so it, powerful so 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 talking from your experience of, of that and how and the semen retention a lot it interests me and I don't, I know you'd I know you'd be a guy that would know a lot about it yeah and it's an ongoing journey definitely not an area of mastery you know but it's like Yes, and it was like you, it was like you probably felt an inkling there. And again, you've got to decondition and take away everything you thought you knew about sexuality and what it means to, you know, orgasm for a male. Right, cool. You know, because it's a life force energy rich in minerals um, that energetically, you know, as soon as, as soon as you ejaculate, you know, as a male that, you know, your energy dips. Yeah. And, if, and if, you, if you do within 24 hours, you're just like, you know, having a few sessions. The next day, you're definitely going to be depleted. If you're in your early 20s, it's less. And as you get older, it becomes more and more. And this goes back to traditional Chinese medicine. Um, so it's very well documented, very well known. There's plenty of books on it, plenty of information. It's just coming to light now, and it's fascinating. But it, if you want to be in your true power as a man, 100%, before you're thinking about 
sauna or anything else, before you're thinking about NMN, start there. Point day one, you know, keep your semen within you, retain that for as long as you can and see your life literally change and your energy change from the force, the way that you show up to a meeting, the way that you show up, you know, when you're out. It's just like, it's a different beast. So how long do you go without obviously having sex before? I suppose suppose you're not saying not have sex, are you saying have sex but don't come? Yeah, which is so. Yeah, so that's a whole area of art, um, which is fascinating, and um, you know, I've been learning about and have a great partner, and because it's a, you know, it's a. Don't they get that? Because because when, <laughs> when I did did the whole celibacy thing, and then I, I have done the whole semen retention thing without without blowing your load type thing, mm. but then women get pissed off of you. Because you, because you, yeah, so there's, there's, there's a, a whole, there's a whole, there's a whole dynamic there that that mm. that, that causes drama as well. If you if you get, I'm not that. a sexologist or a sex coach, and I've been you know been hanging out and learning from friends who are, who are experts in that space and reading and learning, and it's just like for sure the conversation. Like if you're say you're a guy, you're going to go have a one night stand, and you're thinking about this. Like she's going to be thinking that's weird. She's going to be, what are you talking about? You know, because she yeah. for the last decade. That's never been the case. But the you know? but the day the the day a man understands it's not about him is the day his sexual life changes anyway. For sure, exactly. Because it, because him. because because it's, it should never be about the man. It should always be about the woman. Mm. Like it's it's because it's because that's the whole fucking game. Semen retention will change your energy how you show up during the day. It also change your sex life to a whole new level. Um, you know because there's just so many more levels you can have. And again, like. There's other orgasms you can have, this is going to sound peculiar and weird, without ejaculating, you know, as a male. You go know? on, go on. <laughs> no, I'm interested in this. Yeah, I'm, okay, so, I mean, I'm not used, this is not my, I'm usually used to talking about mushrooms, so, but. I know, but, we, like, but this, this is, yeah. This, this is why I love this stuff. Yeah, yeah, so, if, so when it comes to, to this area, it's, you know, the concept is, again, if, if you're ejaculating, you're losing energy, just straight up facts, you know, um, versus if you retain that. You know, you consume, you're keeping that energy within you. You're keeping that life force within you. And then, as a guy, you know, you can get to a place when you're having sex where, when you orgasm, you don't ejaculate. So you orgasm, but you don't ejaculate. You don't lose anything, but you still orgasm. And trust me, they are the best orgasms you're ever going to have in your life. How long does it t- take you to to be able to teach yourself to be able to orgasm as a man, but without ejaculation? Not as long as you think. Like I'm not talking like years. I'm talking like a little f- bit of like understanding on breath, on psychology, on you know sexuality, on your own body. You know, you're good. By end of Saturday, you'll know. Yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, 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 yeah. Right. We got a sexologist G- coming on Saturday. G- G- yeah. Julian's invited me to his house on Saturday to. We're, 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 what, what's, what's? I mean, it's just some lads coming together. I mean, it's a passion project of mine, which is just you know again outside of life cycle, mate. 100% focus is that and then outside you know instead of probably going out and you know doing what I used to do 10 years ago hit clubs bars and stuff it's like bring some lads together and have some conscious conversation which includes my friend Tallison who's 10 times world champion in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu he's going to be doing a seminar we're going to be wrestling. hopefully he's going to be coming on the podcast we're going to be, on the, going to be on the mat so we should film that as part of the B-roll yeah, you and yeah, me yeah. going head to head so a bit, a bit of warrior <laughs> archetype male yeah, yeah, bringing yeah. that out because we need that it's actually in our biology as a male like it's been sort of pushed down for a long time like oh don't you came from that you grew up with that you know it's going to reinvigorate you and it reinvigorates every male when they can get physical and aggressive and competitive 
in a safe way, you know, that's not going to knock anyone's head off. Secondly, we've got a sexologist coming, Lola, who's amazing, and she's going to be talking about, you know, all the stuff I just spoke about from a female point of view. Um, and, you know, the reviews we've had from that, you know, because when we think about personal growth as a male, yeah, we go to the gym. We do lots of gym work. You know, we do some meditation. What are, what are you investing in, time-wise or money-wise, on becoming a better lover? Yeah, how many? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. not much at all. And so when we when we host these events and and have um you know the Lola speaking, it's like just like the reviews from the women. You know, we had one where a wife is like said to her, <laughs> said to her partner James, like you know we've never had sex like that. We've been married seven years. What did you do? You know, like what well, what did you learn from that? Yeah. And it wasn't even like tactical technical stuff. No. It was just macro things that just made a shift. And he's going to go back, have way better love life with his partner who he's been married to. Like the ripple effect of that. Um, yeah. Super fascinating. So, yeah, definitely not in the mushroom space, although in saying that, you know, the mushrooms are great for well-being in, in that zone as well. We won't go into details, but beneficial. But, um, yeah, there's, these are fascinating areas. Are any, of these good, are any of these mushrooms useful for helping a man keep his testosterone high? Because everything out in society... Mm-hmm. And and the way society structured at the moment, I feel, is an attack on male testosterone and the ma- and and males in society. As in, as in, like even even some of the stuff that they're putting on front of the magazines these days, just just if you right if you read a book about any like if if w- women read these erotic novels and erotic novels are for women, right? Hundred percent. My mum used to read them. I was like, Mills and, <laughs> Mills and Boons. Yeah. I used to like reading but, them. <laughs> but, but if you look at any erotic novel, the men in erotic novels are all like manly men. But if you look at the men that women are shown in society, that they're, they're they're shown more they're shown more and more feminine femininity in men. In men. And I just think it's a, a whole there's a whole thing at play there where they're trying to dull down. Like that, that whole testosterone, that man, mm. man, man, manly men type thing. Do you see that? Yeah, I just, I mean, you know, I think I was at a farm this morning at a dairy farm, and just like men of that age, men of that older decades, it's just very different to now. And it's not a negative thing fully, but you know, I think while the mental health thing is is happening, and while this is becoming an issue, and I think also why Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is becoming so popular. Yeah, because males are getting to get in contact, getting yeah, to have yeah. a go at each other. Like that's it's primal; it's within us. It activates the male. So when you know, because there's all this idea around, oh, the males need to talk and open up, and you know, but we've we've seen like you know research and different other experts talk about how when a male really opens up and becomes vulnerable, actually his estrogen increases, his testosterone drops. So it's good to an extent for you know to have conscious conversation and open the heart as a, as a male with other males or with their partner. But at the same time, what's equally important Stoicism. is like going out, chopping wood, lifting weights, running up the hill, doing some chin-ups, getting in a wrestle. Like that's that's really important for a male. Yeah, because because you need you need it's 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 connected to like obviously how we've how we've evolved as mm. from from even like from I suppose from from apes and all that mm. kind of stuff. It's mm. like that's very much like that that yeah. archetype isn't it how it, how we came through it and this is science where science is like science is like the religion you know and oh this the study said this and the science says this what about you know what people have been doing for a long long time and what we know feels good you know like we've been bastardized against like sun causes cancer and sun's bad most people have vitamin d depleted depleted or deficient even in australia so you know getting morning sun is just like 
is another thing. I'd put it right next to semen retention. Getting morning sun, you know, getting that sun on you to activate your mm. your hormones and how you feel, and getting your circadian rhythm in tune is another amazing tool. That's free. <laughs> I was I was reading a I was reading a study about about grounding and how important that is mm. because we're all because obviously we're all wearing these. We know rubber we're in Byron Bay now. We're talking sun. We're talking grounding. You know, we're talking these things that you know because when you listen to a lot of these biohackers and podcasters, it's like supplements to purchase. There's ten things we could all do that are free that would change your reality. Go on, list them all. Shit, ten. All right. Well, you you can't you kick in with a few grounding. Right, grounding. morning sun. Meditation, semen, semen retention, meditation, breath work, cold shower. What else would I put in that list? Journaling. Yep. Ocean, ocean therapy, getting in that ocean, just something yeah, it does something for you. It's, it's the ions in. There's some. Mm. There's ions in the seawater that 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 change the way that you feel. Hundred percent. You come out, you just like fuck. I'm glad I did that. I feel amazing. Hundred. We're up to eight. Yeah. What else would I go with? Fasting, nine. That's easy. Fasting is an easy one. These are all. I haven't spent a cent. You know, I haven't had to pay anything. I'm not relying on any brand, anything. And I'm here talking about how much good mushrooms are, and they are a game changer. But like, there's nine things that if you're not doing those, start there. Um, number ten. Let's hit it out of the park. What do we got? Well, what? Could, what? No, we could, haven't what, even put. We haven't even put exercise. Yeah, yeah exercise. You know, yeah. High intensity exercise. Just short, yeah. sharp. You don't need to go for a three-hour run. Boxing's amazing for that. Plyometrics, running up hills, do five hill sprints. So nothing, ten, ten off the bat. Nothing makes you if the, the box boxing makes you horny as fuck. Like in terms of, in terms of like you you when you throw hands or when you move your feet at the yeah. velocity that a, a boxer or someone who can box moves mm-hmm. moves at. Mm-hmm. You, you'll just be a fucking animal. I, it's because so funny you, you say that because my mates who are fighters, some of my mates who are fighters, all animals. They're animal. They, yeah. they 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 need to be having sex so regularly. Oh mate, so honest, honestly, <laughs> I I I, mate, I had to I had to go to a psychologist about sex. Celibacy was a big issue, big big thing, for big achievement. Mate, I had, I had sex addiction in two thousand. Well, that they, they classed it as that in two thousand and seventeen. Mm. Um, I had to go see. I had to go see a psychologist for ten sessions because mm. it was just ridiculous. But like, yeah. But it, it when you when you learn. But then I learned to harness in terms of like how to use it as focus, and it was mm. brilliant. How it, mm-hmm. it was actually really helpful to me. Yeah. But but you you when you when you when you throw hands, yeah. I, I presume jujitsu is the same. Yeah. That's why I'm like yeah. nervous to get involved with jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. But but I, I, I so, it's, so it's obviously bringing the testosterone up. Yeah, I, I that's that 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 hundred percent. It's like not only that, it's it's it, it's it helps your. Um, I have so much self belief, bro. Like in terms of everything I do. Like mm. I I remember when I first reached out to you, and you, you're like, I don't do podcasts, bro. I only do American podcasts and stuff like that. Is what basically what you said. Wanker. <laughs> yeah. No, you basically told me to fuck off, but in a night in a nice way. Yeah. But but I remember but I remember saying to you, but bro, you don't realize I'm going to be this. I'm going to do this and do this and do this and do this. Which I love. Like when I see like our videographer, first videographer that we hired, he didn't even know how to use a camera. Like he, but but the energy he came with, yeah. I'm like, that's the energy of a winner, yeah. You know, so yeah. Sorry, going back to what so, you said. So, so no, 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 you're right. So I was just, I, I think I was telling you everything I was going to do, like in terms of you know, how I was going to launch it, and how I was doing this and this and this, and I was going to deliver this, this and this, and it's like, you know, some things have been delivered, and I'm on mm. path to deliver other things, mm. and it's like mm. that's that's mm. that comes from self belief. 
you get that deep knowing from doing things like being involved with boxing, being involved with jujitsu, be just backing your fucking self basically, and just believe, just just having that belief. Because yeah. I was explaining, I explain this a lot on the podcast, and I keep reiterating it. Confidence and self belief are totally different. Confidence is the biggest load of bollocks I've ever heard in my life because mm-hmm. confidence is is fully external and it's like a sheet of glass in front mm-hmm. of you. It can be smashed through. Yeah. You throw something at it or or throw a punch at it, you smash confidence. Mm-hmm. But self belief that's ingrained, mm-hmm. and you should always work on whatever you can do to ingrain more and more self belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have to know how to detach ego at certain points because you can get a little bit egotistical with it. But that self belief. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. It's inherent. And I think when you say that, like, because, you know, that spiritual journey or that growth journey with business, they're both one and the same, but, like, you tap back into, like, when I was a teenager, like, I just was obsessed with sport, particularly football and cricket, and I had some good success that, and that built the self-belief for the business. Yeah. So you think back to, you know, maybe a 25-year-old male who doesn't have much self-belief, you look back to his teenage days, he didn't have too many wins. Yeah, you know he wasn't doing well at sport, you know whatever, and so that's impacted him now at twenty five, thirty five, forty five, and so it's like okay, if he can at first identify that, and be self aware to go, I'm missing that self belief that you're talking about. Frankie, so I don't have it. That's right, you can go and get it. You know, yeah. create, put yourself in a good environment, become good at something, and then you, hey, you can stand on your feet. And if you're at a dinner conversation, you you've got something that you own. But if you don't own something, you're not good at something. You don't have self belief in in an area, whether it's painting, Brazilian jiu jitsu, pottery, whatever the fuck. Like you're not going to have that self belief. Hundred percent. And I, and I want to say something to every man that listens to this podcast, right? And I look you straight in the eye, and whatever camera <laughs> Isaac's got me on right now, I'm telling you now, yeah. Every man that listens to this podcast should start either jiu jitsu or boxing because your missus or future wife will thank you for every round for it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because you'll have you'll have more stamina, you'll have more self belief, you'll be in better shape and, and it just helps everybody out. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So it helps you out. Icing on the out. cake, semen retention. Yeah. You're 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 a different type of beast. Yeah. I, you're a different type of beast. I'm I'm cel- <laughs> I'm celibate at the moment. Yeah. So um but I want to. But I'm interested to learn at the weekend mm. this whole from the sexologist this mm. whole mm. dynamic of of like you know yeah. of of this orgasm but without mm. ejaculation like this. This I didn't even realize that was a thing. Yeah, it's a journey, and uh, yeah, I'm still learning for sure. Um, but it's like yeah, I know that's the journey. Like just as important again as doing those other ten things for a male. That's top of the list. Like porn is the bottom of the list. You know, and and one night stands and just like leaking energy, like while it's, you know, it can be an enjoyable and it's this cultural thing. But it's like it's bad for it's women. Bad. It's bad for women it's too. Bad though. for everyone. It's bad for everyone. So it's bad. So, this is a whole other topic. So no, <laughs> talk into this because no, it's, it's interesting to me that because because um, I never realized I got I got dragged into into from from the boxing and having this high test and all this kind of stuff I got dragged into the one night stands and all the bullshit and obviously watching porn up in the past and all that crap that goes on with that it's and, an epidemic and, and it, it, I, I, think, <laughs> I think it's an epidemic that, that one not a lot of people not a lot of people especially type podcasts like this are not talking into how how did you identify that that was a societal problem <sighs> identify as a societal problem well I sort of say I guess I noticed it first in me yeah because we're all like you know in this weird way in society when you we have this inherent protection of self to look after self and hey what's in it for me you know Mm. and so if we go well what's in it for me with semen retention it's like okay more energy for work 
um, better, you know, stronger, better at the gym, better, you know, in my love life, um, all of those things. It's like, well, I'm going to try that out, you know, and then it's like realizing um, and being, you know, in that competitive state, you know, with the with the Premier League and stuff, it's like, what are all these things that are going to make the one percent, two percent difference? But that's one that's a it's a big chunk, and it's like you look around and you go, you know, a lot of men are just, you know, it's something I'm very passionate about. They're just not living to their full potential. They're not, you know, they're not full. They're just like moping through life, unhappy. And it's like, hey, brother, that's not necessarily your fault. One, you don't have the knowledge and the power and the support network because your mates aren't that good. In Australia, it's not great either. You know, we're not, you know, to our best mates, we're we're not great supporters of them. You know, we don't, if, yeah. if a mate starts a business, we're not, we don't have his back. We're not like buying that product. We're not shouting to other people who've got this tall poppy issue. Exists probably in England as well. US is a little bit different, but it's like, how do we come together to, to build that up? And then going back to how do you identify the problem? It's like one of the things that is the problem is that we don't even have that knowledge the knowledge that actually this is a thing. Semen retention is like, you know, so if you're a 30-year-old listening to this now, you're going to say, fuck, how come I didn't know that 10 years ago? That is madness. Now once you get onto that path, yeah. you can't go back from that path. Yeah, I want to literally, I literally want to create 10,000 semen retainers off the back of this yeah, podcast. And it, and, it, and, it mean, <laughs> and it means also like, just to clarify the definition of it, it means, okay, the starting point is like, okay, well, should I have sex every day or whatever? It's like or every couple of days, it's like, or, you know, masturbating every couple of days, it's like, no, 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 you're not like allowing yourself to ejaculate. First goal, seven days, five days, get to 15 days, 20 days, like, yeah. you know, and just watch your energy and your your spirit just... So... When but I, it will, sorry, we'll get to a point where it's like, okay, I do need to... Because yeah, I'm, like, yeah, I'm this, a bit this, like, whoa, I'm like a fucking bull yes. in, in, a, like in a little pen in the sense of like... You know, so that that's the truth of being a male as well. So <laughs> I'll tell you my I'll tell you a little bit more about my journey with it, right? With it, it's fucking hilarious. So I thought to myself, I'll I'll have a I'll have a bit of time off. So you do your thirty days, and the first thirty days are quite difficult. Would you agree? For sure, yeah. I think they're the most difficult, and then and then you're like, fucking, hell, I feel fucking great. Boom, 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 mm. boom. Then between eighty and a hundred. Mm. I was like, when I got to 100 days, I was glad I got to 100 days because I wanted to rip someone's face off. Like, because th- that, that last 20 days was mm. fucking mm. like, mm-hmm. I was like, don't get me wrong, my, my, I was training hard, my workouts were good, everything was good, but it's just, mm. you, now you now you kind of need it. But I reckon, well, I reckon yeah. it's good for, it's good, it's good, for, it's good for a man to abstain because that, that teaches you your own self-worth too from that part as well. And discipline. Yeah, discipline. You know, it's discipline. It's like, you know, it's easy to go and just, you know, release. That's the easy part. It's the easiest thing you can do in the world as a male. <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, yeah. Because so the general guideline, just as a very general framework, if anyone's listening at home going, I'm going to give this a go, it's like, you know, if you're in your 20s, you know, once every seven days. As a gen- if you're in your 30s, once every two weeks, and, and so on. You know, that's in terms of have sex once every ejaculate, ejaculate like, yeah. as a baseline. But again, I think like what you were talking about, like you can probably get to a more high. Perf- that's just a general framework as a starting point. Yeah, but you can get to a more high performance level by taking that break. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you when you do when you took the break, say you've done a hundred days. How how, how I haven't done a hundred days? You never done a hundred days. days well, no. What's the most you've done? I mean, if I look at periods in my life, I'd probably. Yeah, oh, I might have actually got to that close to that, but no, I'd probably say because 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 masturbating and porn and those things were never a big thing for me. Like you know, porn was never yeah. never just I was just never into it. So that's I'm grateful, See, grateful for that. Obviously, um, 
porn porn was big because mobile phones came. I know it's not it's, was it is. Yeah, but no, but <laughs> when, but what I'm saying when I was young, I got my first. Sounds weird. I got my first mobile phone like at eleven or twelve years old. They're getting them at three years old now, which is even worse. But like porn became a thing as on your phone when the first iPhone came out, and I was what was that when I was back end of like 15, 16 or whatever mm-hmm. and that's when porn started to become a thing that you could, you'd see at school mm-hmm. like in terms of like not magazines mm-hmm. I'm just talking mm-hmm. about children on the phone yeah. and like it's like the girls were just as big on it as the men yeah. like it's, it's yeah. mental it's, yeah. it's mental yeah. how that how we were indoctrinated into that culture straight away and so the culture of intimacy is like you know it's just like completely upside down it's ruined it's, it's, it's ruined relationships down. yeah it's it's it, you're just having you're just not having the intimacy you could be having in the bedroom, which is like you could be having ten times the pleasure, ten times the connection, the connection and the intimacy. And it's like it just it doesn't compare. It's like eating, you know, a shitty cheap chocolate versus like this delicious like higher end um, delicious chocolate that's been you know artisan made. It's like that. It's like two different types of dishes. You're having yeah. your ten dollar you know spag bowl type dish, or you're having a beautiful you know Nobu meal. Do you know the biggest the the biggest bullshit on humanity I see at the moment is that people are taught that empowerment is open relationships. <laughs> We're getting into some spots now, like open relationships. Like, yeah, this, um, you know, yeah. Where do you want to start with that? Well, well I just, I just, I just <laughs> say I just, it again. I believe that that there's a massive movement to disempowerment and the way that they're doing it is with is is that is they're making you think that this open relationship thing is a mm. good is a is an empowering thing when when it actually really and truthfully disempowers you both mm. bringing it back to like just what takes you to brings you to your power you know individually and together you know for the male it's containing that life force you contain that life force you're going to be you're going to be in your in your clear powerful place for a female you know, and I'm not a female, I don't want to speak too much on that, but just like from what I understand and what Lola's mentioned and others in that space and, you know, other previous girlfriends and lovers and my current girlfriend, it's like, you know, the energetics that a female feels from a male is a lot, you know. Yeah. So if they're sleeping with a lot of guys, they feel a lot of energy. They, they're so sensitive. Yeah, yeah, they feel yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. it. So there's a, tra- there's a transference there's there. Cha- yeah, and that sticks with you. It doesn't go. It's not like, oh, we slept together. Off you go. That sticks. Yeah. You know? And so if there's a lot of sticking going on or sticking that's not a pure energy, well, that, I, that's not, I don't know, I'm not, from a health point of view, I'm not sure it's great. I just, <laughs> I just see a, I, I just see a lot of women in the, in the marketplace that, that are beautiful, beautiful women mm. that should, that I just want them to value themselves for how they should truly value themselves, like in, in, in essence, and just mm. and just and just see that they're not meant to be going out there doing all that because it's no, it's no good for you. I mean, I think just like you know, males need to do a lot of work on themselves. You know, there's a lot, and that's so I guess, and that's all. It's all I can speak on in terms of like, I'm a male, and I'm learning that. I'm learning that journey, like because but, but, how but, many but, good but by us to, by by us doing the work and taking the responsibility from our side, mm. we empower power that that transition on their side exactly, as well exactly I, no i fully under i fully understand that and, mm-hmm. it, and um there's no there's no jibes at females i just i just no no for sure. i just value i i 
I just I see it from a different perspective now that I'm not in I'm not in my twenties where I went through me whole fuck boy stage. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not in that game anymore. So it's mm. like I see it as a totally different perspective now on how mm. we should all value. And I just think that, especially in the podcast game, there's a lot of there's a lot of podcasts out there that I feel disempower uh, a mass amount of of both males and females from both sides of the spectrum. How so? Just from the way that they contextualise, there's, there's a lot of these like uh, what are terms like fuckboy fuck boy podcasts where they they teach men that going out and and doing doing all that stuff is is the way forward. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Spread, spreading that energy thin, and that and that that doesn't that doesn't help men attain much in their in their physical life, in their mental life, mm. in their love life. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's that's in the pursuit. And then there's a there's a there's a I'm not going to mention the name of the podcast, but there's a real toxic one for females, which basically um, it makes it, it just it just make it just it, they don't even realise it's happening. But but they're building a wall between. This podcast builds a wall between women and men. That makes the women build a wall between them and men, mm. which actually disempowers them having a proper relationship with a man. And it's just like it's just a constant cycle of conditioning. Mm. And there's the and there's these there's these podcasts out there both on both spectrums mm. that that, that kind of like. And I'm trying to I'm trying to build something here that actually breaks fucking away from that mm. shit. Mm. I hate it. I think really we shouldn't be telling anyone how to live their life at all. Everyone everyone should live a free life. Yeah, and everyone should feel speak how they want to speak as long as they're not trying to do any harm intentionally to anyone. And on this spectrum of like, you know, previous relationships were like, you know, get married at 20, have kids at 21, you know, 50, 100 years ago, whatever. And that was what you do. And you don't have any option outside of that. And then at the other end, we're talking about open relationships and whatever. And it's like, this is spectrum. And it's like, just understand who you are, what your intuition is and what does, what feels right for you. What feels good, yeah. And don't get, don't get hoodwinked by some marketing um, that, oh, this is what I should go with. Like, Maybe you do have a got one of those along this spectrum and just think deeply, am I happy? Is this fulfilling? Again, go back to happiness. This is a feeling. It's going to come and go. If you're in a polyamorous relationship, if you're in a monogamous relationship for 50 years, you're going to have shitty moments, but you're going to get through it. So don't attach to the feeling in the moment, but attach to like, is this fulfilling me? Is this meaning? Is this feel truthful to me? And make all your decisions on that. Make what food I put in my mouth, what I'm watching in the media, what podcasts I'm listening to, like, because we can get like bamboozled, I think, by marketing and by all this spin. And it's like we need to empower ourselves to make the decisions and trust. And from self belief, the guys that have that self belief, the women that have the self belief, they're the, they're able to just like go, no, that's bullshit. That's not for me. You're, you're able to discern what is your what is your own truth, essentially. Yeah. And and that that is a, that is a powerful powerful thing to be able to have that choice to go. Do you know what? I don't believe that. And mm-hmm. from someone who removes content from the internet at scale, I can tell I can tell you that <laughs> the podcast on that's going to be amazing. Well, <laughs> you know, the it, podcast that like how you see the world. From that lens, yeah. If in it, this world, I've I've not wow. I've, I've not had the right people invite me to do a podcast to be able to share my journey and my story and everything. Mm, that, mm. But when that happens, that will happen. I think naturally. Jordan Peterson might be interested in that. I don't know if he's got a podcast, but someone it's, like Jordan Peterson on that topic would I, be interesting. I've met I've met Jordan Peterson, except mm. at the time I didn't even have a podcast, but. Um, but I would love to sit down with Jordan Peterson, not only on on this podcast, but, but or his also daughter Michaela. I think it's Michaela, yeah, Michaela. Peterson. She's got yeah. one. But well, well mm. when you understand the world from the from from the way that I've seen the world and how things are 
are made to made to look to get you to think a certain way and the way that that social media algorithms show you guys um, something to back up your biases that you've already been instilled with from your parents and let me just tell you straight when my parents taught me things I had to question all my beliefs when I grew up from being a child and question question everything that my mum and dad taught me because you know essentially I was their second child they, they were just still learning to be parents themselves and they've mm. taught they've taught me what they believe well, maybe what they believe wasn't even fucking true mm. maybe, maybe that was a false belief maybe maybe there's some limitations there and mm. there was and there is in every in, in all of it, it doesn't matter who you are listening to this even your childhood mm. there would have been things that your mum and dad taught you that, that, that perhaps you've had to go and do the bullshit filter on mm. because you, you've had to learn a different way right mm. and it's just yeah we've got to be really careful about what we what we tell ourselves is cast iron truth and kind of what we sell ourselves because mm-hmm. if we don't remove those if we don't question everything that we've been taught we we we, we can't objectively see the world mm. at when and and this is especially powerful when it comes to business like when you're doing business like yourself or when you're trying to build something meaningful you need to be able to see objectively like and discern what what is your own truth and make your own mind up but mm-hmm. i would i would go back and break every pattern that you've been taught and kind of see it for for what it is like understand that it, they, mm. they they were they weren't trying to send you off on a on a merry dance on the wrong path but they just didn't have the right information they were coming from their perspective yeah. you know and you know like trauma is a word that comes into it too in a way of just like it gets carried on yeah. you know like your parents just did the best they could in in a situation but from where they grew up as a kid and so they they're carrying this backpack of things that have you know they've seen as a child that have been impregnated into their brain forced into their brain and so that's how they see the world i guarantee you if you're out there right now and you're listening to this and you feel any lack in your life in any area whether it be money whether it be fitness to look at the parents your parents have taught you that mm-hmm. your parents have taught you that that money's abundant mm-hmm. you know what i mean my parents didn't teach me money was abundant I was very middle class, right? And I was taught that, you know, you had to go and work hard and do this, do this. No, no, that's not the truth. You don't have to work hard. It's not about just working hard. It's about how can I create enough value in the world to be able to, if I create this value over here, I can ex- I, I can extract this value over here. It's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, it's, totally different, it's a totally different fucking mindset from middle class mindset. Yeah. But unless I'd questioned that, unless I'd had the right... Uh, ask the right questions to the right people to allow myself to question every narrative that I've been taught. I ain't breaking out of that 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 mold. How do you how do you go from earning twenty five grand a year as a carpenter in England to moving countries and 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 setting up your own business and being online and turning over online revenue and all this shit? How do you do that unless you question every narrative you've been taught? You can't. Yeah. So that I I'll just encourage any of you that are listening to this right now that's got this far just to really question every narrative that you've been taught. You know, mm. question all the casual the casual stuff that you've been taught and ask yourself if it actually truly fulfills what you what you what your true meaning is and what you're here for mm. and then just like and who you're spending that time with is so important to that one you know like yeah. when you, like you know if you you know if i was sort of hanging out you know with with old schoolmates still right now i wouldn't be anywhere near where i am now in the sense of what my goals are compared to how they wanted to live you know what i mean and so i guess just pin against like you know remember when i was living in england like i had a war with the people i wanted to meet 
you know, in England, like... Like a vision board type Yeah, vision board with like, you know, head of medical at Chelsea, head of medical at Liverpool, head of medical of the Formula One, Adam, you know, looking after... Like, I had them all, and and I met them all, you know, but like, and that helped change my environment because of how I was spending my time with. And so going back to that, if if you're middle class hanging out with middle class, you're going to end up middle class. And that's not like... Good or bad, that's just the reality of what's going to happen. Yeah, you, 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 hundred percent are what you surround yourself with, and there's no doubt in my mind that as I've surrounded myself with the more high operating entrepreneurs and the way I'm learning through developing and the way I'm helping, I believe I'm helping to still information the right information mm. about this kind of stuff, not just the typical business podcast that just asks you like, how did you start? What was your journey? And then just goes into no depth because we, we how many podcast would ask about semen retention they wouldn't would they but i'm trying to distill all this information into mm. ears because there's, mm. there's so much more especially on a business chat talking with a with the founder of a business or whatever a co-founder of a business and it's like and and similarly for me like when i'm listening to some business podcasts i'm just like you know oh i made 33 million or i made 40 million or i did this and i'm like like there's more to it than that like that's not the game you know that, that is that's the, not the, the game that's that, the, like that's the base level brother yeah, like if yeah. you like 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 this is one insane little ride that we're on. It's like do something that just like actually puts a dent in the on the planet in a positive way. Like if you can do that for me, that's the top tier. And I used to think reading Elon Musk and reading these books like Elon's the dude doing that. But I'm like, you know, going to Mars and like yeah, that's cool and interesting. But shit, we're still cutting down the Amazon. You know, we're still like so low on our vibration as a human, like as males and female. Like we're just like we. So like. That's, yeah, I that, mean, I'm fascinated by like how far can we take it, you know? That's another key as well. The key, the key, the key is to find the the not not the quick wins, but the but the wins that allow you to raise your vibration, your energy vibration. Mm. How you how you because because your vibe will attract your tribe. So they say it's mm-hmm. it's the truth. It's truth. As you increase your energy, you you attract different people in your life. You attract better people. You attract better opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just I just think that that it's 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 a game changer. I just want to. Um, how do we? How do we tie that all together? <laughs> well, I just, I just, I just want to. I just first thing I want to say to to all of you that are listening. Like, I hope you got some got some mad value out of this podcast and understand my passion and the reason I dive into these topics on business mm-hmm. podcasts and stuff like that is because there's so much more to it than just like going from zero to a hundred million. Like some podcasts. It might be, it might need to be about that. It might not, but like this, this one, I wanted to go mm. into these realms because I believe you can, you've added so much value to people by your insights into these things because of the way you've experienced entrepreneurship yourself. Mm. So I just want to say thank you for that. But if you were going to leave, if you were going to drop, like if you had to check out the planet tomorrow, you leave Jurassic Park <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, you had to leave just a few pearls of wisdom on the people that, you know, a few key statements that you believe would empower the, the people listening right now to take themselves to the next fucking level in their life, their spiritual health and everything else, what would it be? Oof. Um, I'm, I'm a lover of humanity, just like, and diversity of humanity, you know, just like people being artists, people doing this, like anyone who's following their dream, like I can resonate with straight away. I'm just like, you know, I'm in awe of you. I respect you because you're going on that journey and I'm sure you're going against like naysayers and you're going against your own head that's going, you can't do that. So like that's, now, that's one of the wishes for me. It's just that everyone just goes on their journey, and everyone's journey is so different, and that's what makes it it's so beautiful. You know that, like, you know, you, that diversity. I think for me is just like super exciting for humanity, just like it is in nature. Like, just different plants, different animals. It's like, whew, what a, what abundance! 
just such abundance and so abundance of consciousness with humanity and I just think you know we're all pretty like not all but just like it's a a bit too much copycatting there's not enough individualism like and there's not enough just that I think comes from really being self-aware of who you are and what you want and cutting out all the all the nonsense so it's like you know without being cliche again it's like not follow your dreams but it's like listen to who you are connect to you and walk that path and just walk that path consistently trust in that path and the rest will happen with you for you and it will be an amazing party the life will be it'll be a fun time while you know doing something meaningful um and i think that's important because i always never understood sort of like with when a young lad with football teams and soccer teams and you have these older people helping out not getting paid or doing their roles and they just got so much meaning and happiness and then and they weren't getting paid for it but they just they were contributing it was what they loved they were connecting to other humans and they were just doing what you know what they felt called to do and so that's a small example of it but it's like yeah walking your path and identifying your path and understanding that you're an individual um like that's i think where we need to, where we need to get to to really like open it up like just you know it's, we're in this system of just you know very cookie cutter system yeah and you can't eat and that 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 whole system is is not going to give you the fulfillment if it's just cookie cutter if it's just like mm. that's why you were saying before about these ebooks and courses where it's like three steps to this five steps to this blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. it's like if you're following the same design as as thousands of other people do you really think that you're going to get what's going to really truly fulfill you mm. and the only way that you find the fulfillment that you've said that they need to find is is like when you quieten the mind when you quieten the body like in a meditation or a walk a walk on your own without headphones in a in a in a in in a in wildlife or you know all that kind of stuff in in nature that's when you allow you yourself to listen to those internal whispers that tell you everything you need to know about yourself because you always know in your gut and your gut will tell you everything you need to know about yourself but you've got to be willing to listen you've got to go to a place where you can listen and going out going out on a walk for for your ten thousand steps and putting your in putting your earphones in doesn't allow you to listen because you're listening to someone else Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, and then also, yeah, just who is who? Are, what other things are you listening to? You're listening to your mum. That's you know, I'm very grateful. My mum was like, you know, my parents, my, but my mum was just like, so, allowing me to be so free. You know, I want to do this, I want to do that. Like, you know, that's probably the biggest struggle for a parent is like just letting your kid be them and not like curious. Oh, oh he's a mini freaky. He's going to be a podcast. He's going to be a mini podcaster. Or he's going to take over the family business. Or these. Yeah. Or he's he's going to be a footballer. Like. Like that's a challenge because you probably got this vision of what you want for your children, but it's like letting them free and sh- and just having unconditional support for them. That's the biggest gift that I had for sure. Which going back to that self belief, help with that self belief. Like early success with sport in school, um, you know, builds confidence, but also just the confidence that come from my parents was immense. It's just it's just about having having that cu- curiosity and and um, to 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 finish, I just want to say this as well. It's like when I went back to England. Um, I got a little nephew called Rocco, right? And when my sister named him Rocco, I'd already decided in my head that he was going to go to the boxing gym and do <laughs> boxing and all that stuff. And that that's similar to what you've just said there. It's like when I was back in England, I, I asked him because obviously he can talk now and all that stuff. I said, "Do you want to come to the boxing gym with me?" He says, "No, nah, I don't. I want to play football." I'm like, and I thought I thought about it, and I was I initially I was pissed off, and I was mm. like, "Fuck, I want, but I want you to do boxing." And he's like. <laughs> 
but then I have to understand that he he is his own man, mm. and it, that was a very beautiful realization mm. for me. The fact of like this this three year old now is his own man, yeah. and and you got to let. So I kicked a football around with him because mm. that's what he wanted to do, mm. and that's and that's 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 if 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 I had forced Rocco to come to the boxing gym with me, mm. that would be doing everything that I mean, telling everyone else not to fucking do. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't allow allow the kid to be curious. Yeah. He'll find if he finds a boxing gym at five years old or six years old or wants to do it at eight, he'll find it himself. Yeah, he might he call you at eleven and say, "Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Me. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, re- I'm ready to. I'm ready to get on the pads. Mm-hmm. Like, let let people find their own way. Just allow that curiosity to come out. And that mm-hmm. goes for all of you listening. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. And if you got to this point, if you can do me a solid favor, yes, yeah, send me and Julian a message. Hope we've dropped a lot of value in your ears. Like and subscribe on all the channels. Share it on social media for me. I really appreciate all of you taking your time to listen to this. And I really appreciate your time and having me in your home, my man. Great to have you here and great to... Didn't know where it was going to go, but it went in a, a beautiful way. And um, yeah, hopefully there's some value for people. There'll be a lot of value in this, a lot of value, especially, as, and the, the women should love it too, because I'm telling you now, right, semen retention is going to change your fucking life and your sex life. So thank Julian for that. Saved a few marriages, relationships, and made a few people more happier, hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely. Definitely. Much love, guys. Much love. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.